pray about that, if you would, please. And these others that are sick and can't be with us, we need to pray for them every day. I just talk with you tonight, if I could, please, if you'll turn to to Second Kings, and uh, just for a few minutes. I was reading this afternoon. And got a real blessing, so I'd like to be a blessing to you tonight, if I can. In Second uh, Kings, chapter four. I'll begin to read in verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. There cried a certain woman, otherwise as sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditors come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in, thy, in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid has not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels Thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, Go sell the oil Pay the debt, thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, as we've read over these verses many, many times, have been so encouragement to me personally. That, dear Lord, I'd like to be an encouragement to somebody here tonight that we could understand that you can take what little we got and sustain us throughout. We don't have to worry about it if we trust you. Bless us, we pray tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. I was reading these verses, and there's, there's many lessons you can learn from as you, as you study them. But uh, number one, we if we trust God and go to Him, thank God, there's always a way out for a Christian. Now, here, just think of the cry of this poor widow woman in verse 1. And now these there cried a certain woman, otherwise the sons of the prophets unto life, saying, Thy servant, my husband. I find something in that verse 1 that's really important here. Her husband serves the Lord. And so that I believe that she serves the Lord and her household uh, serves the Lord. Uh, so I know then she was a Christian by those remarks that's made about her. And, and also know that she serves the Lord. So... Uh, if you if you take this picture here and the desperation of it, think of this widow was heartbroken. This widow grieved over unpaid bills. This widow was uh, uh, fortunate that her, her creditors was come after her now to take her two sons away for payment. And seeing her in all her troubles, notice a short, simple plea in verse one: "My husband is dead." Thou knowest thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditors come to take thy two sons away. 
Now, God's servant Elisha had a remedy from God to her. Notice who could be more helpful than this poor widow. When we, we think of our situation so many times and we think about uh, what kind of troubles we have in life, but just think for this woman a minute, get a picture of her a minute. She had no trade. She had no work to go to. She had no schooling. Uh, like women of today do. She had no, she had two sons to care for. And she had no money to live on. But here's the truth. She came to the right one. God's man, or if you were better than that, she come to God. Because Elisha stood in God's place. She didn't go to the bank. She didn't go to a friend. Like a friend told me years ago, uh, when I was very poor at the time, I, a friend of mine had a lawnmower. I didn't have one. I went to borrow. I went down to his house and said, "Can I borrow your lawnmower?" He said, "You know what a friend in need is? He's a pest." And uh, <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> if you don't believe it, ask Chuck. I bother him all the time. But uh, uh, when you think about that, Psalms 50 verse 15 says, "And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me." I got an old uh, record, a regular old 45 record of Brother Roloff singing. And uh, in, his, in one of his songs, he, he sings just a little, uh, different than anybody else. I called it out there at the rescue mission where Brother Roloff had his rescue mission out in Texas. And I said, oh, I'd like to get some of Brother Roloff's old songs and some of his music. He said, he didn't have no music. He just sang, <laughs> and they wouldn't see me. <laughs> but uh, I do know that when he when he used to sing, he would sing that uh, psalm, Psalms 15, verse 15, Call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. In Psalms 55, verse 22, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. First Peter 5, verse 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. God loves His children. Amen? And God always has plenty. God always has a way for a child of His. So there's no reason for a child of God to be in despair. God always has a way for us out. Lesson number two would be, what you have with God's blessings is enough. God can multiply the oil. God can take five small barley loaves, biscuits, if you would please, and two fishes in a little lad's lunch. And when Jesus blesses it and breaks it and gives to 5,000, he feeds 5,000 in John 6, verse 19. I've thought about that many times I read that story. God take a little bit and feed 5,000 people with it. Well, he can surely take what little bit we got then and sustain us. Exodus 4, verse 2. God said to Moses, What is that in thy hand? And Moses said, A rod. And I love Brother Dr. Tom Malone, I think it was, or Dr. Harold Seidler told this story one time, and, and, and I got the biggest kick out of it because he said, uh, Moses must have been a stuttering man because he God told him, Now, Moses, I want to use you. And Moses said, Now, Lord, I can't talk right. I can't, I, I don't I talk good. So he gave him Peter to do his speaking for him. And here God's told Moses, he said, Now what's that in your hand? He said, Rod. He said, Cast it down. 
and it become a serpent. <laughs> and old brother Tom Malone said, and then God said, now reach down and get a hold of that rod. And he said, now, 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 now Lord, I, I can't talk plain, but my hearing's going bad too. <laughs> and I never will forget that. As he told that story, uh, and it's so true sometimes, we think what well, we got, you know, and God tells us to do something, and we think, well, now, Lord, maybe I'm hearing you wrong. But no, God said he'd take care of us. And, and he took that rod, and he became a ser- he became a serpent before Pharaoh. He opened the Red Sea with it. He brought the plagues on Egypt. He brought forth water from the rock. Uh, three th- as Samson, again, is another picture of it. He took the jawbone of Manasseh and killed a thousand Philistines in Judges 15 and verse 15. And when you read these kind of stories in the Bible, if God can take these things, one of the funniest stories to me is an ass preaching in the Bible. I was reading a sermon by a man just yesterday where the ass is preaching. And, uh, and this jaw, uh, ass was preaching to a man in the Bible and and I thought to myself, the man was talking back to the ass, though, the, the mule. Now, now, it's one thing to have that mule talking to you, but it's another thing you'd be talking back to it. Amen. <laughs> and when I read that story, I started laughing. I thought it was the funniest story I've ever read in my life. But God can use that. And I thought, wait a minute. If God can use a, a, a donkey like that to serve him, he can surely use what little I got. Amen. And if we could ever get a hold of that, God can take what little we got, and it's enough for God. God is a master of circumstances. I've told this story many times, but I think it's one of the funniest ones I've ever heard him told. A great preacher said he was, this preacher, every every time he turned around, this preacher was asking him to come up to uh, Minnesota, somewhere way back in the woods, and preach for him, hold a revival for him. And all the preachers had been there before said, don't go. And he said, that's a sad sack preacher up there. And he just, uh, don't go up there and preach for him. He said, when he told me that, he said, I had to go then. He said, I went up there to preach for him. And, and sure enough, he said, now, brother, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, the, the communists are after us, the communists are after us. He said, the whole time I'm up there, he's talking to me about the communists are going to get us. The communists are going to get us. He said, now, brother, let me tell you something. He said, number one, the communists ain't going to get you because, number one, they can't find you. <laughs> You're too far back in the woods. <laughs> I know we'll forget him telling that story. But yet, his brother, Brother Long said he had one of the greatest revivals he ever had there because he went back there to serve the Lord. And a Christian not to be under circumstances. I heard old preacher say one time, a man come up to him, he said, how you doing? He said, under circumstances, I'm doing pretty good. He said, what are you doing under there? <laughs> now we'll forget it. We're not to be under circumstances, amen? Now, if you don't have enough money, then don't worry about it. Uh, if you don't have steak to eat, uh, God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. I was reading that the other day in, in the uh, Psalms, and I got to thinking about it. God owns everything. Everything. My God owns everything. And God uses circumstances and weak things to, for His glory. Listen to this for just a minute. I love these verses. In First uh, uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 1, I want to begin reading verse 26. 
For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men as the flesh, not many mighty, not many more, are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confuse the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised has God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. And now the whole thing, when you read that, it was reverses, takes me back to a time that I had uh, two men, an uh, architect engineer working in my office with me, and we was doing a big project, and, and uh, they said, Brother Strong, uh, we just don't understand you. He said, you've never been to college, you've never been to, got a great education. But he said, things happen around you all the time. It just seemed like there's something going on around you all the time. We just love to be around you just to see what God's going to do next. And I thought to myself, you know what? Everything I've ever tried to do, I've done it in the name of the Lord. I mean it. And God has blessed it. And God gets the glory out of it. And when, when somebody's highly educated, I, uh, I laughed at uh, some men came to me as a pastor and some deacons from a church and they said, now, Pastor, uh, we're thinking about calling this pastor uh, to be our pastor to us and we want to know what you think of his resume. And they sit in my office now and wanted me to read this pastor's resume and tell me where to call him to preach or not. I said, that's not my job, that's your job. But I'll tell you what I think about it. And so I read, I read the resume, and I said, that's the most ridiculous thing I've heard in my life. And he, he gave all his pedigrees, you know. He'd been to college. He'd got all the things about it. And, I'm on a, and he told how much money he wanted to come there to pastor and a new home and a new car. And, and he went on and on and on. And I said, uh, the Bible doesn't say anything about when it comes to preacher, you go and demand him what you need and what you want. God will take care of you. Amen. And I believe that 100%. And uh, they went ahead and called him and he messed up. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you the truth, folks. It's not your degree. It's what God takes of you the little you got and uses. And if God uses it, it, it'll work out. God could see Paul better with a thorn in his flesh. And he could use him better as a weakness in his flesh. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, my strength is made perfect in weakness. God could use Gideon with 300 men, Gideon, rather than 32,000 soldiers. In Judges chapter 7, in verse 7, how little you have doesn't matter with God then. We need to learn that. The only thing God ever asked of men is what you have totally will you surrender to God. And if you're totally surrendered to God, God can use you. God wants us to act on faith. God wants to empty vessels, and plenty of them. Think about this. He didn't ask for half-full vessels here. He asked this widow for empty vessels. You know what that's speaking of? If you want to be used of God, don't come to God and say, I got all you need, God, use me now. No. He said, come to me and empty this, and I'll fill you, and I'll use you. And I believe this, the only, the greatest thing that God ever demanded out of man is availability. That's it, just availability. You make yourself available to God to use. 
He didn't ask you to be the greatest singer, the greatest musician, or the greatest speaker. All he had to do is say, make yourself available to me and I will use you. And God makes that very plain. Now, if you can sit down and reason it out, it's not faith. It's not faith. If you can sit down and everything you're fixing to do with the Lord, if you can reason it out and say, this is what I'm going to do and this is how it's going to be from now on, that's not faith. Faith is taking one step at a time, trusting what the Bible says that He will do for you. I trust. It's not blind faith. It's not blind stepping out into a dark hole, Trummers, and say, God, help me. That's not faith. It's trusting what God says He'll do. That's faith. And so when it comes to serving the Lord, if God said, I'll take care of you if you'll surrender to me, I'll take care of you if you'll just depend on me, God said He'd do it. That's true faith. And I believe this with all my soul. If you can sit down and figure out everything in your life, exactly how you want it, how you're going to have it, and, and so on, that's not faith then. You wait on the Lord, and to this widow, his neighbor, it surely wasn't very logical to borrow empty vessels with no oil in them. Now think about that for a minute, just a minute. Brother Roloff once said, We have a great God, but as great as God is, He cannot bless a man that He has no faith or trust in. And I believe that. I don't care how great a person is, if God can't trust you, and you had, God can't have faith in you. What good are you to God then? There is none. And I believe with all my soul, I want God to trust me. I've often said this, and, and I, really, I, I really do believe it. I believe that I've got as much money, as much health, as much goods in this world as God can trust me with. And so have you. And I believe this, if God could trust you with more, He'd give you more. And he wants you to serve him. What are you going to do with it if he give it to you? And I've seen so many Christians that God begin to bless, and then they quit serving the Lord. Why? Because God blessed them, and they didn't serve the Lord by faith. And I heard an old preacher say one time, and I've thought about this many times. He said, God's looking for a Christian that he can fill this pocket and he can take it out of this pocket and give it to somebody else and that blessing can go around. But most of us, we stick it in our pockets and we quit. And that's where the blessing stops. And I really believe that. If you get a blessing from God, share it with somebody else and God will bless you and keep on blessing you. And you cup, uh, my wife has a saying uh, that God's got a bigger show than you got. And that's true. Uh, you think about this. God showed out to us a many a time, uh, but at the same time, we think, we, well, we give this to so-and-so, we help somebody with that, but God's got a bigger show. He just gives you more. We give away a little bit, He gives us more, and it just keeps coming, and God keeps serving. And I've thought about this a many a time as I read this story. Wouldn't you have been out looking for some old pots? <laughs> I mean, I'd have been looking for every pot in the world and bring them there. If I saw it start filling up and God started blessing, I'd have been out looking for some more empty pots to fill up. And notice what it said. When the last pot was filled, the blessing stopped. 
blessings stop. And I, I, I just want to serve the Lord and keep on wanting. You know, just the empty pot all the time. Use me, Lord. And I believe you'll do it. I really do. I believe you'll do that for any Christian that has just with an empty vessel. Say, Lord, fill me. Use me. And he'll do it. Amen? Stand with me, would you please? Heavenly Father, could we say with this widow woman tonight, Lord, fill me as you fill those pots. Use me for your honor and glory. I wonder what kind of pots they were. I wonder were they small, some of them. Some of them are large pots. I wonder what color they were. I wonder whether they're made out of clay or they're made out of iron or tin or metal. I wonder what kind of pots they were. It doesn't say. It just says pots. And I think about that over and over. And any kind of person that will come and surrender all they got to you, you will bless. And we believe that 100% tonight. And we ask you, dear God, to bless us continually. If we do our best to serve you, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much.